you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its, has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all, the ha to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. At this time, Rich, if you want to come up. Heavenly Father, I just want to take this moment to thank you for uh, my brother Rich and just for the blessing that he is to me and to the people in this church. I ask that you would be with him today as he uh, preaches your word to us. Um, I ask that you would energize him, that you would fill his heart with passion um, beyond that even which he would naturally feel. I ask that you would also work in our hearts, that you would open us up to hear um, what you would have to tell us, soften us against sin and against the tendency to run from your word. And Lord, just give us a spirit that would embrace what you would have for us. Lord, we trust your word to work today, to, to work on us, to sanctify us. And we just give you the praise and the thanks for what you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, we are again pausing from our regular series in First Thessalonians to take a look at our next Chorus Distinctives, our old school series, um, getting back to the basics of who we are as a church. church the, the things that we think should mark um, all churches, all good healthy churches, and we pray for that um, for all the churches, all the parts of God's kingdom reaching out. But these are the things that, that must and will and do and we aspire to define us um, as, as Chorus. Um, so far, we've looked at four of these. We have two more left, so we're uh, almost done figuring out, well, what is this church all about? Um, the first one of those was that we were word-driven, that the Bible, the Word of God, informs and instructs us on who God is, on what He has done, on who we are, and what we are called to do because of Him. So we, we, we trust the Bible to, to guide us, to lead us, and, and to show us what we are submit to, to submit to as a church. The second distinctive is that we are God-centered, that we exist for the glory of God, and thus all that we do and all that we are um, exists to glorify God. So um, we do not do things just for the sole sake of, of making our lives better or making other people's lives better. Um, if it's not for God, it's not what we are doing. The third thing is that we are gospel-focused, um, that we recognize that as a church— and that we need God's good news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ um, for all of life, every area of life, every day of life. And thus the focus of our church is on who Christ is and what he has done and what he calls us to do through faith in him. Our fourth distinctive that, that we did last time I was up here uh, was that we are community-oriented. We are community-oriented, that we see relationships as the main sphere of ministry and, and, and that through our hospitality, through our friendship, and through our unity, we help move each other closer to Christ by living um, in and living out the gospel together. So those are the four distinctives that we've looked at so far. We're driven, God-centered, gospel-focused, community-oriented. Today we look at our fifth distinctive, and that is that we are missionally minded. That we are missionally minded. What do we mean uh, when we say that? We mean this. 
What that? Yeah, that's what we mean. Um, but missionally minded, we mean that we have a love for God's world displayed by loving incarnational evangelism. Karis desires to see all people worship God in his glory and for his gospel. We long to imitate Jesus by drawing near to people, serving them, and loving them. Therefore, we have no desire to create our own, quote, Christian subculture. We long to be a part of the city that we love, teaching and modeling the message of Christ as missionaries. We will not be his, excuse me, we will be his church carrying his gospel in this culture. Karsh will be missionally minded and not outreach minded. I'll explain that when we get there. Um, We want to see our city change from the inside out, and we want God to use us to do that. All right, so that's what we mean when we say missionally minded. That's lots of words. Some of them are like, I I don't even know what that word is. Let's talk about what what we just said. To understand all of that, we need to understand that very first word, that we are missional. Um, The word missional. Some of you may not, uh, but uh, if you've been with cars for a while, you have heard that word a lot because that's a thing that we define. In fact, I think you hear that word every week because every week, if you're a member of cars, you go to a missional community. But if I was to go, okay, what does missional mean? You might go, it's the name that we call the group we go to. And you might, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's like, it's, like it's, one of those, it's one of those churchy type words. So we want to understand what we mean by that. Well, let's break, let's cut off that AL and look at the, at the, rest, the, the, the previous part of the word mission. And so we're going to use the word mission to help us explain what we mean by being missional. A mission, I'm not even talking about church mission right now, just talking about the word mission. What is a mission? A mission is essentially an activity leading to the achievement of a goal. An acti- the activity leading to the achievement of a goal. For example, if I'm talking about mission, or I'm talking about missions, um, in, in the general sense of the word, probably the, the first thing that came to my mind is a military unit. Um, for some of you, it might be a video game in which you are pretending to be a military unit. It's the same idea, um, but basically you have a military unit. A military unit has a mission. Um, they have a goal of the, of the thing that they're doing. Um, like the goal could be taking an enemy position or rescuing hostages or providing support, like air support for the, for the ground units or, or whatever um, it is. The activity itself, the stuff that you do to carry out the mission is not successful does not serve its purpose if it doesn't actually aid in the completion of the mission. So you don't get like you don't get to say, "Hey soldier, of all the people out there that were shooting their guns, you shot your gun the best. Great shooting of the gun. Like the enemy overtook us and now we're all hostages and slaves of that other city, but you did good you did good individual shooting." Okay. We've missed the point if, if what we're looking at is the stuff we do and not the reason we do it. Um, in a church, we have a mission. Um, God gave us a mission. Um, we, call, we call that mission the great co-mission, great commission. You've, if you've been in church, for, if you've, especially if you've been in a Baptist church, for any particular few weeks of your life, you've heard this passage before. Um, in a church, we have a mission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is the mission of the church. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
and behold, I am with you always um, to the end of the age. So when we look at the church, we, we talk about the purpose of the church. What's the purpose of the church? The church, purpose of the church is to glorify God. Um, when, you look, when we look at um, the how we do that, we often think of the great commandment. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love one another as you love yourself. Okay? Th- those are, that is, so that is why we exist. That is how we exist. And this is the what do we do because we exist. This is the what we do. This is what we are here for. If, if all God wanted was a group of people um, to make his own and have relationship with him, then when you became a Christian, he could easily say, now come and be with me. Come be with me and let's do worship. He leaves us here as a church, as his people, for a mission, for the thing he wants us to do and the thing that we can only do now. Because when we die and when we go to Christ and we're in heaven and he comes back and he remakes the heaven and the earth and we live for him forever, ever, there is the, the one thing that we will not do at the, for, at the, from that point on is mission. We will not have the mission to, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We will not be able to do that because once that time comes, all that's left are, are, are his children, all that's left are believers. The people who need to hear the message have, have lost that opportunity. So the mission is the thing we do now. What are we to do? We are to go. We need to go and be where people who need Jesus are. We need to make disciples. What are disciples? We need to make, they're lifelong followers of Jesus. They're people who say, what Jesus is, that's who I will be. Um, that's not just a moment in time, but that's lifelong thing. So we are to go. We are to make disciples. We are to baptize. Who do we baptize? We baptize new believers, believers who have, who have people who have said, I'm going to trust in Christ. I'm going to follow him, and I want to show the world that that's true. So we baptize them. So the command to baptize necessarily means we reach out to, new, to people who didn't know Christ and we tell them about Christ so they can trust Christ and become part of his church. And we are to teach all that God commands. Um, so so in, the, in the Great Commission, inherent in the Great Commission, in, inherent in our mission, is to reach out into the world with the story of the gospel. This is our mission. This is what God wants us, the church, to do for him while we are in the battlefield. The earth is the battlefield. That is where God is fighting for the souls of his children. He will win. Um, he win, but he has decided that the tools he wants to use, the weapons that he wants to use, is the church, is the people who love him and follow him. So we carry out his mission. So if that's what the word mission means in the light of the church, what do we, what do we mean when we put that word A, those letters A-L afterwards? What is missional? And basically, when we talk about being missional, we mean that the mission shapes how we do the things that we do as a church. The mission shapes how we do the things we do as church. Um, using the word mission, you may have also heard the word missionaries. Missionaries are those people who, who typically leave their culture, and it could be leaving the culture of, of like, like this church started, leaving the culture of Columbia, Missouri, to come to the culture of Jefferson City, Missouri, and that is a different culture. Um, those are a different culture. Or leaving the culture of Jefferson City, Missouri, and going to Botswana, okay? It, it, it can be, it, it, it's to leave, 
where you are and what you know to go someplace else, a different culture, to take the gospel to people who need it. That's what missionaries do. They live life on mission. Now, when missionaries go to a new culture, they don't say, well, I'm from America, so I'm going to live as an American, and I'm going to tell you about Jesus the way I would do in America, and I'm just going to really be really American amongst you all, and you should just learn how to relate to American to be a Christian because, you know, that's the way we do it. Um, No, that's not what missionaries do. Instead, missionaries take on the culture that they are going to live in in every way possible. Every every way and every extent possible. They live in local housing. They don't go and say, yeah, y'all live in huts. I'm going to build myself like a four-bedroom ranch with a, you know, with with a nice yard. And no, they, they, they live in local housing. They wear local clothing. They eat local food. Um, they learn the language. They don't go, they don't go like we do in almost every other encounter in America with people from foreign countries who manage to learn our language but we don't bother to learn theirs. No, when you go to live in another country, you don't go, okay, everybody has to speak American English now because I'm here to tell you about Jesus. No, you learn their language so you can speak to them uh, about Jesus. They live as a person in that culture for the sake of making disciples in that culture. Paul summarized this thought so well in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says this, To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, the Gentiles, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Paul lived like the people that he was among. He did not insist on living as the Jew he was. He, wasn't, he didn't insist on imposing his likes, his dislikes, his language, his culture, his preferences. Um, he, 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 didn't, he, didn't, he didn't insist on that. He voluntarily gave that up. He was willing to set that aside and surrender his own comfort. Um, to surrender his own tastes, and even, in some cases, um, to set aside parts of his identity and parts of his personality, all for the sake of reaching others with the gospel. And this is a call for disciples. This is a call for us as well. Um, we, we are called to live as missionaries in a world that is not our own. Um, sure, you know, I've lived in Jeff City 20 years now, which which just starts to let me be able to call myself a Jeff City person in the light of Jeff City's very parochial. Like, you, if you haven't lived here all your life, then you're always, you're always starting from behind and keep working. But I've been here 20 years. Um, so I'd say, if you say, what, 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 what city is your home? Jeff City is my home. But, but as Christians, there's a, there, there's a bigger, more spiritual reality that where's my citizenship? My citizenship is in the kingdom of God, in heaven. Here, I'm just, I'm just a stranger coming to a land for the purpose of telling them about where I really live, where I'm really from. Um, so we, in this earth, are always missionaries. We're always sent from someplace else to live amongst the culture that, we in, that we're in, even if we've lived in a place our entire life. When we talk about living as missionaries, we talk about setting aside um, ourselves 
for the sake of the culture, that sounds hard. That sounds really, really uncomfortable. Um, it, that's because it can be really, really uncomfortable. It can be really hard. Um, it, and it can be for different reasons. For some of us, uh, it's uncomfortable because the world, a little secret, the world is really worldly. Um, that's kind of where the word comes from. Um, the world is really worldly. Um, it really isn't a place that, that naturally thinks about the things of God and Christ and seeks to honor Christ. Why is that? Because it's the world, because people are sinners. We, this is why we, we talk about the gospel. It's, we, we, we go over and over and over about how man in his natural state is lost in his sin. He doesn't belong to God's kingdom. He belongs to this kingdom. And so worldly people act really worldly. Um, they don't act like Christians they who love people who love Jesus and, and want to honor him. Some G Christians don't quite even get the grasp of that, but you know what I mean. It's aspirationally what we want Christians to be. The world's not going to, to be like us. So non-Christians may use words that offend us. They may believe things. They probably certainly do believe things that, that will offend us. They will engage in activities that we don't like. And we have to be willing to set aside our offense at, that the world behaves like people in the world do. Um, and not only do we have to be willing to set aside the fence, the offense of it, but we have to say, regardless of, of how hard that is to be in that environment, I am going to go into that environment. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm going to hear people say stuff that, that just kind of makes me cringe sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm going to see people doing some, some sinful stuff, and it's going to, uh, and my natural inclination is going to be going, no, that person, ooh, gosh, really, wow. Um, that is, that can be us. That can be us. Um, but we have, to, we have to set that aside to live in their world if we're going to be on mission in the world. I didn't say of the world. I don't say, hey, if the world, you know, hey, if worldly people are go sinning, go sin with them so that you can say, hey, I'm one of you guys. Let me tell you about Jesus now. Um, but you just helped us steal a car. I know, but if I can tell you about Jesus, no, you know, that's, we've, we, we, we've now entered the of the world. We've, we've gone past. That's why we talk about living like the world to every extent possible. We're not going to sin for the sake of the world, but we're not going to be afraid to be amongst sinners um, for the sake of the gospel. Um, so for, for some of us, um, we need to get over our discomfort at being around sinners. We don't reject them because they sin. That's why they need the gospel. That's why we needed the gospel, because of our sin. Now, for others of us, we're going to have the opposite problem. We're going to have, I, I think it's the opposite problem. The problem for some of us is we're not uncomfortable being around people who sin. For some of us, the problem is we're way too comfortable about being around sin because we're, we're far more like the world than we really should be. That's me. I, that, that's where, if I'm going to sin in this respect, that's going to be uh, me. I have no problem hanging around with, with sinners of the world, talking about the things they, they talk about. Um, they're, I, you know, they say bad words. I'm not going to sweat that. That's not a big deal to me. Um, but here's the thing. I don't want us to be seen as the religious weirdo. I don't want to, we don't want to have to watch that hard over our behaviors for, for fear that we'll set a bad example um, because we kind of like 
people liking us and, and want to be a part of the crowd. We're, we're scared of the consequences that may come from publicly letting the world know that we're Christians. Um, we want our Christian world to be over here and our, and our worldly world to be over here and like have a nice ball in it. Like, like I think of it like drawers in a, drawers in a cabinet or like your dresser. And it's like, okay, time to take something out of my Christian drawer. Do my Bible reading, all right, put that away. Now let's go to my worldly drawer. Now I'll go do the things um, that I want to do. For some of us, um, we, we are in the world for the sake of the world. We're not in the world for the sake of the gospel. To be missional, we have to do both. We have to be in the world, but we have to do it for the sake of the gospel. gospel. So being missional, what, what being missional really requires, it requires intentional efforts to to, to get beyond our discomfort and an intentional willingness to, to live in and to inhabit our community, the spheres of life that we're in, workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools, our civic organizations, the sports teams in the cities, arts venues, whatever it is, wherever it is that the city is coming together to do what the city does that makes the city the city, we need to be in those places with them even when we would much rather just hang out with each other and, and kind of stay um, in a protected place. Um, we become good citizens of the city for the sake of the city and for the sake of the gospel. So one of the words we use in that description was being incarnation, or incarn, pff, incarnational. Yeah, I had it right the first time. Incarnational. And when you actually see it written, it looks much longer than it should be. Um, incarnation refers to God becoming man. Um, the idea of when Jesus came, we call that the incarnation. And so what we mean by being incarnational is that we, is essentially that we want to put flesh on Christ. When Christ left to go back to heaven, he left us to be him. And so we want the world to see him, but they can't literally see him because he's in heaven. What, he, what they see is us, his representative. So we want, the, when they, we want them to see us, they want us to see Jesus. So we want to live in Christ-like ways um, towards those around us so that they will experience and learn about Christ through us. We are the picture of Christ that they are going to see. That's what we mean by being incarnational. Um, we live in the city, in the community, loving the community, but doing it in ways that Jesus would. Um, one of the things we said in that description is we're not going to stay our own little Christian subculture. Um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the times what we do is like, hey, the world has this thing, and it's cool, so we're going to make a copy of it, but we're going to Christianize it so we don't have to go hang out in the world part to enjoy that thing, but we'll just do our own thing. So we can live in the Christian subculture. So we have our own gatherings and our own, um, and our own coffee bars and our own music and our own, um, and our own movies and our own T-shirts. And so we don't have to... Uh, so, and then we can have all the trappings of the world, but we can do it just to ourselves. In that case, you're missing both points. You're missing that you're supposed to be out in the world um, but you're also supposed to be doing it for the sake of the spread of the gospel. And that way, you're just, we're missing out altogether. So we don't just keep to ourselves. We don't create Christian substitutes for the world. We go into what the world's doing, and we join them in it. Um, and then we said we're not going to primarily focus on outreach. You may go, that, well, that just sounds weird because that's just the thing a church does. Let me explain what we mean by that. It doesn't mean we, we don't do out events that look like outreach. We're... Um, what we mean by outreach is it's those things that we do when we do stuff and then we go out to people and we invite them in to do the stuff that we're doing with us. 
we're going to do that kind of stuff. You should invite people to your MC. That's, that, that's good. Um, we will have um, a couple of outreach events a year, but really, we're not really going to have more than a couple of, quote, outreach events a year. Because what we want the pattern of the church to be isn't, hey, world, you come into what we're doing. What we want the pattern of our church to be is for all of us, either together or as individuals, to go out into the world and say, hey, Let's go be doing what you're doing, and let me tell you why I'm here doing um, what we're doing. It's because I love you, I love the city, and I love Jesus Christ. Um, we take ourselves out into the world. That's being missional as opposed to attractional, trying to pull people in. All right, so that's what we mean by missional, being a missionally-minded church. How do we do that? So how do we do that? And that's what our passage is about today. Um, we have two identities, for those of you who have gone through our membership classes, for some of you that was a really long time ago and you've forgotten all of these things, and for others of you who uh, haven't done it yet, you'll go, oh, I've never heard that before, but you're going to hear it today. And um, we have two what we call identities at CARS to describe how we live missionally. We say, we are blank. We are this type of people. Um, and the first one of the, when we talk about we're, we're, how we're devoted to mission, first one of those is that we are peacemakers. We are peacemakers. We are going to demonstrate the peace of God that comes from the gospel. We're going to demonstrate that to the city, to the people in our lives, to our neighbors, and to our work colleagues, and to, to people in our school, wherever it is in the city. We are going to show them it by serving them. We are going to show them the peace of God that comes through Christ by going into the community and serving it. We're going to love them with what we do. Let's take a look at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. The first thing Jesus compares his disciples to, this is Jesus talking. This is part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, a big sermon where Jesus kind of laid out, here's all these things that the kingdom of God is really like, and everybody hearing is like, this is crazy stuff. Love your enemies and be glad that you're persecuted, and wow, and don't divorce. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's just, God's just saying, this is what's true of the kingdom, and people are like, we have no hope. And there, Jesus is like, I know that's why I'm here. Um, so you can. Um, but, one of the, but he says, here is who you are going, is here you are in me and who you'll be in me if you'll trust in me. And the first thing he compares his followers to is salt, um, the salt of the earth. Um, this is who we are as the church. We are the salt of the earth. He doesn't say you need to be the salt of the earth. He says you are the salt of the earth. Um, this is something we're not aspiring to. This is something we are already in and that we need to be faithful to live out. So what does it mean by, to be salt? Um, last night, my wife encouraged me um, to work more diligently on my sermon by coming in and shaking salt on me and then flicking the lights off and on in our house. Um, that's not what we mean, but it's like not pour my salt, going to start wearing little packets that you get from McDonald's, carrying around a, a, a salt lick and go, I am salt, you know, um, get an NACL shirt. I, I got a couple of science geeks, okay. Uh, you know, and so... That's not where, what, what does he mean by salt? Um, to know what he means by salt, let's look at what salt does. Um, the first thing I, I find here, because it, at, least in some, at least in this, in the SV translation and other translations, this is the one that seems explicit. The first one is, it, that, that it does is it adds flavor. 
that it adds flavor, um, which is actually apparently, I say according to like food experts and chefs and various foodies, I'm actually misstating that. Um, salt doesn't add flavor, it enhances the flavor of the food that is already in the food. Um, it's magic is what it does. It makes beef taste beefier. And how can that be bad? Um, uh, but it, it enhances flavor. It makes food taste better. It makes food taste better. It makes the food better. Part of what we do as salt is to help make the city better. It helps make the city taste better. That's not going to the city and like, bad city, do what I say so that you be better. No, we are going to, we are going to make it taste better. We're going to make it, um, we, we want to go in and make it um, shine brighter and be cleaner and, and, and have, you know, and, and, and struggle less with the problems that people in our city have with, with, with poverty and racism and, 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 and struggles for housing and things like that. We, we want to go be and help people um, have it better um, because that's what salt does. It makes things better. Salt also preserves. Uh, some commentators say this is really what Jesus was getting out, the, the, the preserving nature that salt has. Um, it's, uh, salt in, in the day and, and still today. Today we do it more for because country ham tastes so good. Um, but back in the day, they did it it's like, so we don't die when we eat meat. Um, they, you, would, you would take meat and you would cure it with salt. Um, and what salt does is it dries out the food um, so that bacteria can't get in the food and multiply. By the way, those like memes on the Facebook that show that McDonald's food doesn't ever mold because you, when you leave it out, that's not because they have added 176 different chemicals. It's one chemical. It's salt. Salt does that. It dries stuff out. Mold doesn't grow. Stop posting that meme because it's just not true that there's 176 chemicals in there. It's just salt. Okay. Um, Salt preserves. It keeps things from spoiling. Um, it allows them to last longer. Um, another thing we help, we, do, we want to go and serve the cities do is, is not only to help the city get better, but we want to prevent the city from getting worse. We want to prevent the city from getting worse. We want to preserve what light there is in the community. We want to preserve what good there is. There's common grace. God smiles. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. There are things that God gives to the world because he just, he just loves everything and he, he created it all and he wants there to be, he wants people to see his good um, so that they will respond to him. And so um, we want to help preserve that good. We want to help preserve um, we, to health and, and well-being and, and, and and so we go and we serve in organizations that are alleviating suffering as well as um, those that are just helping improve um, the city. And then you can just go down the list, and there's lots of other things um, that salt does. Um, salt can bring safety. Um, you put it on sidewalks and roads. Um, you can use salt to, to cure wounds. Um, uh, and it can even make life a little more enjoyable. Um, and this is all the evidence I need. You need salt to make a proper batch of homemade ice cream. Let's hear it for salt, right? Um, that's, that's beautiful. Um, salt does things to make life better, to make um, life safer, to make um, life more able to be lived out as it should. Salt is, and here's the word I want to use for it, useful. That's what, that, what, that's what Jesus, I think, is talking about. Salt is useful. Um, to be salt, we need to be useful to our city, useful 
um, to our communities. So what does that look like? It looks like acts of service. It looks like going out and doing things to, to come along to help the city do stuff that it does. It looks like stuff that as a church we've already done, going and serving orphans at the YMCA so their foster parents can have a night off, um, helping Head Start distribute backpacks before school. So we go and we participate in those kind of things. Um, we go be a part of civic events. We, we, what's, if whatever the city's going along with, we go and we be part of that. We, we, we don't go say, oh, you guys are having a festival over there we're going to have our own church festival over here. No, it's like, why would you go through the effort of spending a whole bunch of time, money, and labor to go put on your own festival when there's a perfectly good festival over here that we will bring ourselves into and share in the community? Um, we can do other things that we can um, go find to do. We can go tutor at-risk kids. We can volunteer at organizations like the Boys and Girls Club. Um, not only as a group altogether, but as individuals, we need to be pacemakers. Go join something. Go, you know, I know everybody's busy. I know everybody's got stuff they're doing. But go join in the city doing part of the city. I'm, this year I am the president of the Lawson Elementary School PTO. Um, I never dreamed as a, this wasn't like an aspirational dream of mine once upon a time. I hope someday to serve an elementary school PTO because organizing bake sales and whatnot is really what I was born to do. No! No, why am I doing that? It's because I love the city, and part of that city is this school district, and this school district has served me well. It's employed my wife for many years. It educates my daughter. Um, it does so for the daughter of my friends. It, it, it serves the city, and so I'm going to go into the city, and I help serve it. Um, we all can do that. It's not hard. It takes some time. It takes some commitment. Um, yeah, you know... We're followers of Jesus, so we're going to ask, ask people to do stuff that, that, that's, that's uncomfortable, that, that is going to inconvenience you uh, at times. But it's so we can show the love of Jesus to our city. Um, um, we, can, uh, we can find places in our city um, to go be our regular spot. Um, okay? A confession, I've ta I talk about pizza, I've talked about beef. But I have a confession, Chick buffalo wings are it. That's my thing, okay? So um, buffalo wild wings is, I jokingly call, a little slice of heaven on earth. Because they have buffalo wings, they've got trivia, and they've got sports. I'm like, I could spend 14 hours a day there and be perfectly fine. Okay, that's pretty awesome. When I go to buffalo wild wings... I go sit in the bar area, and Heather helps me. Why do I know her name is Heather? Because Heather has helped me on several occasions. She has been my server. And so when I arrive, I say, hi, Heather, how are you doing today? She says, fine, how are you doing today? Okay, find a place. It could be a restaurant. It can be a gas station. It can be a grocery store. I don't know. Find a place to be that people will know who you are. Um, and so that you, and that you build a relationship. You, you've got to, you, you have a coffee shop. Go to that coffee shop, but go to that coffee shop so that you can get to know, know that your barista is Megan and, you know, and the boss is Bob and, and Bob's got two kids and, and, and Megan's working her way through college and, um, and, 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 you know, and, and, and likes palm trees. I don't know what Megan likes. I don't know, Megan. Not you, Megan. I'm not talking about her. Quit looking at her. Okay. Um, so... Um, but, but, but go to places where you can actually 
have people, no, I just remember one day we, our office would go to Jay Fenney's quite a lot, often, um, and, uh, and I remember the, the manager once saying, like saying, yeah, we were here. He goes, yeah, you guys are here all the time. I'm like, okay, one, I don't, I don't know that I'm here all the time, but he thinks I'm here a lot, and he knows who I am from that. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Okay, so um, it, 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 let the city know who you are. Get, go to places that you can be. Um, we can get involved in city issues that, that need our voices. Um, last year as a church, we sponsored a, a panel discussion at Lincoln University on, on racism in the city. Um, we, can, we can do that um, as a group. We can do that individually. Do you know what the city council is talking about? The answer for most people is no, because I, like, I don't know. But they, they, they talk about things that affect the good of the city. We, we can get involved in that. You can, you can read the newspaper. That's, what's that? I don't, you know. Yeah, no, we can read the newspaper. We can, we can watch the local news, um, which I think the, the KRRC G13 like, set, like, like they've got like, new set and stuff. It looks pretty cool. There's entering, entering the 21st century. It's awesome. Okay. Okay. Um, so be a part of the city. The second verse tells us that if we're not being useful to the city, if we're not being useful in our, commi- in our communities, if we're not being useful in the world, we are good for nothing. We're good for nothing. Um, we cannot live just for ourselves. We cannot live just for ourselves. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about like, like selfish desires of our own. We cannot live just for our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We cannot live just for our own personal obedience. We cannot live just for the welfare of our families. We can't even live just for the well-being of our church. Um, We can do a lot of good and godly things in those things. None of those is a criticism of those things. We should have a vibrant personal relationship with Christ. We should have families in which people are growing and loving Jesus better. We should have uh, a church that glorifies God and worships together and has a wonderful spirit of community together. But we cannot fulfill our mission. We cannot fulfill why God still has us here if we don't do this too, if we're not missional too. To do all the rest is shooting our guns well, but letting the enemy win the battle. We must be useful to our city. We do that by being salt, by being peacemakers, bringing the peace of God, peace of Christ to our city. Um, Second, to be a missionally minded church, we are also storytellers. That's the rest of our passage. Um, Let's look at it. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Um, We are not only going to perform deeds um, that show the peace of God and love to our city, but we show the deeds so that we can also share the story of what Jesus Christ has done for us that has enabled us to love the city. We're going to share the gospel. We see, the, we, we see that through this rest of the passage when Jesus says, not only are you salt, not only are you useful, but you're also light. I'm like, all right, now we, we figured out what salt was. We figure out what does he mean by light? What, is, what does light do? What does light do? And it's hard to define what light does without using the word light. <laughs> light lights things up. Um, that's what it does. Uh, it helps you see things. Um, light helps you see where things are. Um, Jesus says, a city set on a hill 
cannot be hidden. Why can't a city on a hill be hidden? Now, back in the days, I mean, you know, back in the days, you had, you know, you, you didn't have the, the, the massive structure that we had, but the cities would, would be in places, and then you'd have a lot of space around them. And if you put a city up on the hill, everybody, you know, like if it's down in a valley, you can put it behind a crook or anything there, and there's boulders there, and you may be able to conceal it. But if it's up on a hill, you can see it. Why can you see the city on the hill? Because during the day, we have this big light in the sky that lets us see everything. And if it's up on the hill, it's just right in plain view. It's just right there. The light from the sun helps us see um, the city clearly. It, it can't hide from anything because it's up on a hill. Um, that's where it is. At night, it's not necessarily light that comes down from the city, but it's the light that comes from the city itself. At nighttime, the city will well, you know, in, in Jesus' day, they turn on the torches and, every, and have the candles and whatever and people, so that people could still see um, what they were doing. Um, we do that today. Have you, anybody here ever flown on an airplane um, overnight or, you know, at, at nighttime? You ever looked out the window? Um, like, I used to fly, uh, you know, you, you go to places and you look out, and it's like at nighttime, it's big, giant patches of darkness, and then, like, lines... And then like bunches of lights. And you're like, when you see the bunches of you like, lights, you don't go, cow pasture. No, what do you think? Hey, there's a town. And then if you have a bigger set, you see there's a city. Um, the light that comes from the city, if it's up on a hill where it can be seen, will let, you, will let the city be seen day or night. The darkness cannot conceal the thing that is always present um, with light. Light helps you see where things are. It helps you see where the city is. But light not only does that, light not only lets you know where it is, light helps you see how to get there. Light lets you see how to get there, um, how to get to those things. Um, the sun helps us see where we're going during the day. Flashlights let us see on a path when we're walking. They let you see inside an engine when you have to find the right place to do the repair. Headlights let you see where the car is going. Streetlights help you see the sidewalks and the roads at night. Reflectors, um, like on signs or on bikes or things, let you reflect the light so that you know where you are going. Um, so light not only lets you see what's there, it lets you see how... Um, to get there. Light can bring safety. Light can bring security. You've got traffic lights. Traffic lights bring safely. The light illuminates, and we know how to safely go through this intersection. Um, lights in a dark parking lot or on a college campus keep you safe to prevent people from being able to sneak up on you. Safety lights outside your house help frighten away people who might um, come into your place. Light helps you keep the danger of way. It, it, lets you, it, lets it, it lets you be seen, it lets you see, and it, it helps keep you safe. So if salt is useful, light is, again, this is like light, but it's what light does. Light is illuminating. Light is illuminating. It reveals what needs to be seen. So we are to shine light. We are to shine light. We are to help the people see who we are, what we are, and how you get to who we are and what we are. They help us see that we have the life of Christ and helps you see how to get to the love of Christ. We shine light so that our good works can be seen. That's what it says here in verse 16. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works. But they don't just see your good works. When they see good works, what do they do? 
They glorify your Father who is in heaven. How do they do that? How do they know? How do they know that our good work should result in glory um, to God? First of all, because the light that we shine is his light. Um, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God, who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We get light from Jesus, and that is the light we shine out. He's shown the gospel into our hearts. So we can be light because he's shown us his light. He created us to love him and spend eternity rejoicing him, in him. Um, but we rebelled against him. We pursued our own selfish pride. We worshiped ourselves and not him. And we worshiped our stuff instead of his. Um, but he loved us and he wanted us. So he sent Jesus and Jesus came, set, setting aside the glory to God to become a man, to become one of us, and yet to do so perfectly without sin. And then after living a perfect life, he said, these sinners deserve death, but I'll take that death instead so that God's justice will be fulfilled and I, um, and I can allow God's children to come back to him. And so then God, God sends Jesus to do that, and then Jesus rises and he tells us there's a hope. Death is not the end of everything for you if you are in me. And then when Jesus goes, he says, I'm going to send the Spirit, and the Spirit comes to us. And he, for us, he reached into our hearts, and our hearts were dead. Um, our hearts were dead, and he pumped, and he said, life, I'm going to give you life. And so he puts into our hearts faith that comes to know him, um, to love him, to confess him, to trust in him, and to follow him. That is all him shining on us. That's not us weighing the options and go, myself or God? Hmm, God, I'll take, okay, God, why not? No, it's God reaching into dead hearts and making them alive. He shone his light on us. We are merely shining or reflecting the light he has shined on us. He is the sun. We are the moon. The moon lights things, but it's not the moon that's the light. The moon merely reflects the light. Um, that's what we do. So we have a light that we shine. We have his light that we shine, and, ha and they know it's his light. Because, one, they see it, but more also as important because we tell them it's his light. They see our good works and give glory to the Father because they know it's the Father who motivated the good works. Um, Francis of Assisi, who was the founder of the Franciscan Order of Monks in the 11th century, um, is credited with saying this quote, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Anybody ever heard that quote before? Seen a lot of nods. Um, okay. Um, there's two reasons that's a bad quote. One, nobody can actually any, find any evidence that he actually said it. So it's not really a quote. And two, it's really not a very good sentiment. Because here's the thing. Um, not, the Bible tells us that we are to love indeed and in truth. The gospel is what's true. That truth must be made known to people or else people will just think, oh, those are really nice people. Oh, wow, what really kind people. Oh, what very good neighbors. Oh, what civic-minded, fine fellow Jefferson Cityans we have here. Um, they won't get that word because there's other people who are there because they're members of the Kiwanis Club. And God bless the Kiwanis Club. They, they go out and they help people. But they're there for the Kiwanis Club and, and, and be serving the city because they like the city. But they're not there because they love Jesus. 
And so you can do good deeds and nobody ever know about it if we don't also make our good deeds go with our story. Romans 10, 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom of whom they had never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And by preaching, we mean telling. We mean telling. Um, to be the light that we are, we have to do the good deeds, but we, those good, good deeds must must, not may, must be accompanied by, by his word, by, by telling the story of what Jesus Christ does. We do that as a church. Um, on Sunday mornings, we preach the gospel. We tell every week of what Jesus Christ did to save sinners. We do that in our missional communities. We talk every week in our mission communities about Jesus. It's about the gospel. We invite people to join us into that, which is great. Um, but remember, we're not only inviting non-believers into their stuff, we're going out to be part of their stuff. And if we're going out to their stuff to be, tell the story, we have to tell the story. We need to be ready to speak into their lives. First Peter 3, 14 and 15 says this, Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for a reason, um, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. We have no fear. The Lord of the universe is on our side. He wants us to tell his story to all. He wants us to do it with gentleness and respect. He doesn't want us to just yell at people, you're going to hell. Um, he wants us to, to speak with people in gentleness and respect, but he wants us to tell them about why we live this way. He wants, it's like, he wants us to be missionaries living lovely, lovingly and faithfully in the mission field, but also boldly in the mission field. We can't keep this to ourselves. The gospel is not just a thing that gets you into our Cars Club so that we can be in our Cars Club together and do Cars Club things, like the secret handshake. Do you all know the secret handshake? Okay. Um, no, we, 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 we come together so that we can then go out and we can take the glory of Christ, um, the glory of the gospel to this world that needs it. Um, we, don't, we don't light our light and then keep it to ourselves by putting a basket over it. Um, we don't, it that, it's not just for us. We need to let it shine so that it helps everybody um, see. We have to shine the light. We must tell the story of the gospel. We love in deeds and we love in our words. If they don't hear it, they won't know it. And if they don't know it, they will be lost. Um, that is why we are here. That is our mission. Our mission is to go and ma make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them. And we can only do that if we are salt and we are light. If we are peacemakers, showing the world the peace of Christ, and if we are uh, storytellers, telling them the story of why we do what we do, why we love how we love all of us can and love our cities, our neighborhoods, our, our, our co-workers, wherever it is that you are in um, communities. All of us can and must be able to tell the reason for our hope. This isn't about us. This isn't about how well I shoot the gun. This is about the mission. This is how we beat the enemy, um, how we, empowered by the gospel of Jesus Christ and, his, and, and God's Holy Spirit, living in us, beat the world, the flesh, and Satan to spread the, the hope, the joy of the gospel story. Together, let's carry out our mission.
Let's pray. Father, um, we thank you that we are loved by you. We thank you that you sent Jesus for us. We are thankful, so thankful, um, to have a community of, of, of people who love you um, and commit themselves to you um, and to each other. Um, the love and support that you've given us for each other um, is, is a joy um, for me, is a comfort for me, and I pray for everyone else here. Lord, help us never be selfish. Never be selfish with what you've given us. Um, let's not hoard it, um, but let's share it because that's what you've called us to. That is our, our mission. Let us be um, your faithful soldiers to go out, um, not, to, not to conquer the people of this world, but to conquer the spirits that fight and rage against it. Um, let us gently and lovingly serve our city and tell of our city of the great and glorious hope that is in you. Lord, empower us. Let your spirit um, fill us so that we know you are stronger than the world around us. Um, let us love you enough um, to give you away to all who need it. Lord, we pray in your son's name. Amen.